Welcome to the Smoke on the Water podcast. My guest is Carla Sheho, and you are a teacher. Yes. Fifth grade Mm -hmm. in the Howard County system. Yes. How is it in this climate, like with the fear of, um, you know, weirdos coming into the school and committing violence? Um, I don't think it will outweigh the love people have for teaching. It is scary. And every day you go into a school thinking what's, you know, it could happen. But we still go every day because it doesn't outweigh the love we have for these children. And we go every day, and if you know, it, God forbid, something like this happened, we're gonna be there for the children. Yeah, so. yeah, it's it's a scary thought. I think the only thing that I can think of in my head that makes me feel better about it when I think about my kids and mm-hmm. school and shooters or mm-hmm. whatever they do is that the chances, like the percentage of times that it's happened, yeah. mean that the chances are low. Mm-hmm. The chances are low of dying in anything. Right. So I can have the same amount of fear of their chance of of something happening in school that I can have of them being, Mm -hmm. you know, in an airplane crash. Yeah. Um, Cars are a different story. Mm -hmm. Cars scare the living hell out of me. Mm -hmm. But. But like we were saying, like I, the fear also comes from having to do all these drills, like to having to explain to the children that that's a possibility. We don't tell kids that they can die in a car crash. We don't practice to the kids, oh, when you go into a car, if you, there is a car coming towards you, that's what you do. But we have to talk about active shooting. Well, if somebody comes into a school, this is what you could do. You could hide, oh. you could run, or you could fight back. You, don't, you didn't warn, warn your daughter of what to do around cars, like how to, how to behave no. around cars? I mean, no? Do we, no? What? Because really? I'm always like, don't run, always walk. No, no, but if you're inside a car? No, 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 no. I mean, uh, well, I mean, you could everybody knows you can die in a car accident. That's why you wear the seatbelt. Yeah, but, yeah, I know. But we don't, it's not something that we talk about. Like, you don't have conversations with your children and say, hey, by the way, we're going to go on vacation, on the road trip. Hey, I'm going to talk to you about it. There is a possibility that we could get in a car crash. No, 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 I don't remind them of that right. all the time. But if they don't want to put that... But we do that to active shooting. Fair. You know, Fair. like we have to remind the kids and run through scenarios and explain to them that they might have to fight that person. You might have to throw your chairs at that person, even if they're shooting at people, you know? I think that is the most, you know, could be a very traumatic experience to kids. Yeah, I'm sure that... Especially the little ones. Like, how, how do they even make sense of why would somebody even come into a school and do this to children? You know? Like, how do they even process that idea of this could, that, you know, that this could happen? So... It's... Absolutely insane. Yeah. Yeah, it's scary. So why fifth grade? Is that was that like a chosen thing? It's a sweet spot for like kids. It's they are old enough to understand what you're saying, but they're still little kids that you can offer them a piece of candy or something and they're like thrilled. Um I think if it goes to into like this is the last year in elementary school for most state most states some states go to elementary school all the way to sixth grade. Um, when you go to middle school, they are a little more independent and they don't listen so well. Fifth grade is just a sweet spot. I am deathly afraid of little kids. Like, I I can't tie shoes. I can't do wiping your nose. Not rags. No, I thought I think probably with my sense of humor, I would make them cry every day. You know, like my fifth graders, like I say something, they're like, oh, okay. I think the little guys, I would make them cry. Yeah, not a lot of little kids get sarcasm. No, no, most kids don't get. But fifth graders, they're like almost there. 
So they even if they don't understand, they're like, uh-huh. but little kids will probably cry. So, no. Yeah, I feel like it wasn't until like sixth or seventh grade when my son really started to grasp sarcasm. Right. Yeah. So fifth grade is just sweet spot. I love fifth grade. Now he's a master. <laughs> yes. <laughs> my daughter too. I think when they grow up with people that are sarcastic, they learn to pick up a lot faster. I think it's healthy to be sarcastic. Do you think so? Yeah. I think it could be. I don't know. It depends. Like, it depends who you're talking to. Because sometimes she'll try to use that to her teachers, and that comes out as just plain disrespectful. You know. So maybe that's my next lesson. Okay, now that you know how to use sarcasm, I'm gonna teach you when, <laughs> when, and with who to use sarcasm, because she definitely doesn't know. I like when I can use it gently, like yeah. with a deadpan face. Uh-huh. And people don't even really know that I'm being sarcastic with them per se. Mm. Mm. That's that's a gift. That's a gift. Oh, I have a gift for getting into people's <laughs> skin. It's it's a talent I've developed over the years. <laughs> yeah. Is there an upstairs neighbor? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Tonight's broadcast <laughs> is at Carla's house. Just just happened to be more convenient. Yes. It's I, quiet. I mean, it was supposed to be. Well, it, it. I mean, it's quieter than like doing it in your school would be. True. But true. Very true. It's not as quiet as the cube. Very true. The cube is very quiet. Cube. That's my house. My house oh. is referred to affectionately as the cube. Oh. It's just a small rectangle. Okay. It works. Yeah. You have a lake. I have a river. A river, not lake. Yes. The beautiful river. bird river. That's it. I'm so, it makes me so sad looking at it and not being able to go out on it. Mm, it's too cold now. Yeah. I might have been able to go today and maybe get like a half hour in before I start mm-hmm. freezing to death because mm-hmm. at least the air was almost 70, mm-hmm. but the water would have been cold. It's yeah. cold by now. Mm-hmm. So you like to do art mm-hmm. and your art is called Mandela art. Yeah. And what, the, one, the art that I'm in right now. The art that you're currently doing. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And how do you describe this art? Um, with one word, peaceful. It's very peaceful to create. It takes a long time. It's just a lot of repetitive movements. So I can just get lost just doing it. Well, if we had to describe this, uh-huh. I mean, would it be a fair description? It starts from a center focal dot, and yeah. then there's a series of colored mm-hmm. dots in particular patterns that work their way outward yeah. in a psychedelic fashion. Mm, yeah, I would say that. Um, I mean, I love this kind of art. I love psychedelic stuff. Yeah. Um, but I don't know that everyone would know what we're saying when we say Mandela because, um, I mean, when I hear Mandela, I think of the Mandela effect. Right. I think I would describe it as a very geometric design. Like, I mean, even though I don't put a lot of, I mean, I measure a lot before I start doing it because I haven't, like, I have an idea of how I want it to come out. So there's a lot of measurings that you don't see now because I erased the pencil marks. But a lot of times, most of the times, if not all the time that I sit down to make medallas, even though I draw it and I have a plan, it kind of takes a form of its own. And it just comes out as it's meant to come out, I guess. Do you need a pattern for this before you get started? 
Um, I draw one okay. with pencil and... Um, but usually I don't end up not following that pattern. Yeah, so there's a lot of drawing that goes underneath before the colors come in. But um, some people use uh, stencils to make this kind of art. Um, I haven't tried, but... And this is the biggest one I have um, done. I've been working on ornaments right now because I want to give to my friends. So I'm doing mandalas on like little ornaments. Do you sell them at all? I do not. Why don't you sell these? They're wonderful. I do not. I would buy one. <laughs> Thanks. I think, you see, I another art that I am really big fan of is photography. And I end up going into business with photography. And it almost took a little bit of my joy of doing it. Because I, oh, I got into wedding photography, which is very demanding. I imagine it is. So it's almost like you kind of lose that joy of just creating because you want to create or just taking pictures because you're inspired. Now you have to work 10 hour day, you know, with sometimes bright zillas. <laughs> uh, yeah, kind of. So I don't know if I would ever sell mandalas because I don't want to get I don't want to take the joy out of it of just sitting down and just creating because I'm inspired. You don't like spreading your love? Around the universe? Well, if you think this way... That, that's, that's what I, would I like gi- about art. I would art. give my art away then, in the, you know? Well, that's fair. But it costs money for me to like buy all these things too. I don't know. I don't know. I think... I don't know if I would ever sell art. Photography is a different thing. I end up going into the photography business and it just grew into a little more than I was expecting. Like with weddings and family pictures. Um... I still want to, I still like to do things when I'm just inspired. So, like I've been offering to take pictures of your family. <laughs> I will definitely. That, that is an inspiration. I want to do a beautiful portrait for your family. I will definitely take you up on that. Yeah, absolutely. I got to find some beautiful clothes for my children. Okay. They don't own a ton of beautiful clothes because we don't do beautiful things very often. <laughs> I usually buy them something real fancy at Christmas. Okay. And then they just have like street clothes. Or for the girls, costumes. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of costumes. Yeah. A lot of costumes, yeah. So, um, yeah, so I don't know if I would ever sell my art, but now this is what I'm doing mandalas. Um, I have been into paper crafting, uh, photography, painting, so many different things that. What, what is paper crafting like? Like um, cards. Um, I, have, I have a whole website of cards that I've made. I can show you later, but I just. I, it was something, and always, I think art has always been related to me, like, to make people happy. Like you said, spread the love to, like, people make, like, so I would make beautiful cards and just send to people. That made me happy. But, um. I, I feel the same way. Right. I like, I like playing for people. Yeah. And sending them videos of me playing and just. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that part I enjoy. I don't know about selling it. I had a great business idea for paper crap paper cards though you know when you're trying to send a paper a card to someone and you're just like what like i need a thank you card or a birthday card so when i was making this craft i thought about having a box and have different pieces of like thank you or and then you can decide you have the box at home you can say oh i need a thank you card i can just pick up the thank you piece of paper and glue into the card like it was like a self-made card so anyway that was an idea I had. Like, when like I was. a make your own. I yes. like it. <laughs> yes. I like it. <laughs> now I'm going to say this. On the, somebody's going to come up with that idea. <laughs> uh, oh, yep. 
as soon as I hit as soon as I hit send to internet, that's it. There'll be twelve shops on Etsy. That's it. I don't have that many listeners yet. The, one of them being crafty like that is pretty low likelihood. I think you're safe. I'm safe. My secret is safe. So yeah. So this is what I'm making right now, and. I have been trying to really stay focused on enjoying making, like the process of creating art. Um, art has not always been like this for me. I think I have, I've went through a period that I was using art to just uh, like a way to avoid dealing with things that was going, like I was going through. And then after that period, I stayed all, almost over a year without creating anything because I had that fear like, oh, I'm wanting to create. Is that because... Is going. I have something going on. Like what's going on? You know. Yeah, so that had that negative effect, and I hate that. That's something that I enjoy so much had the negative effect on me. But doesn't creating art release like the the whatever you're trying to avoid feeling, so yeah. you can get back to neutral and deal with your problem? I, but I think for for a period of time, I was using it as a shield. That I did not. I did not want to deal with what was going on, and it's, I'm okay talking about throughout my divorce, which was one of the hardest part of no period of my life. I was in my craft room making things because I just didn't want to deal with what was going on. So after that phase and I understood that I was just doing doing creating art because I just didn't want to deal with it, I stopped and I was away from art for over a year. And I hated that. So when I went back, I was like, am I going back because I want to enjoy creating things again? Or am I going back because something is going on that I'm trying to avoid? You know? I understand that. So. I, I view art differently. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I view art as a very healthy way to release. And, you know, mm-hmm. you, know you, get, you get in your 40s and there's a, lot of, there's a lot of kind of fucked up feelings that you yeah. have. Because you have residual feelings from everything you've lived over those 40 years. Yeah. And mm-hmm. there's some ugly ones in there. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you need to release those feelings because they're not your feelings. They're a feeling that exists inside of you, mm-hmm. inside an anxious thought or a memory that is bubbling up. And you just have to burp that shit out. Yeah. So that's how I use art. You know, I... I make a song that makes, releases makes, those feelings. makes me feel a certain mm-hmm. way and gets that feeling out into the universe and no longer trapped inside of mm. you know this shell. You see, I had to learn to let those feelings out because art to me was almost like, oh, I'm going to do this so I don't have to deal with this. Um, and through therapy and through a lot of self-reflection, I, I think I'm finally in a place that art right now is just a way off. This is part of... And now I make a point of having time to do this kind of things because it's who I it's part of who I am. Like, you know, don't you feel like as an artist that when you don't have enough time to create, you feel like you're not well with yourself? Oh, I feel unwell. Right? <laughs> my, yes. my mental state is yeah. terrible because yeah. I'm, not, I'm not releasing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm holding it all in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, now I make a point of having time to do it and not overdo it, but just having enough time to... To explore that side, so my daughter is very artistic too. She loves art. She's her like drama, and she's into making um, personalized jackets now. I don't know if you know if you're familiar with the movie Mean Girls. 
Yes. So we went to see it on like the Broadway show, Mean Girls. We went twice. And there is one of the um, characters that she's very artistic and she has a jacket throughout the whole, most of the play that there was patches on it and she drew and like she did like a whole jacket is like a piece of art. So my daughter's like, mom, I so much identify you with that character. She's so artistic and she's so, so she, we bought a jacket and she painted the jacket and she has like her hand drawing, she has graffiti and she has patches. So she went to school and a teacher saw it. She's like, where did you buy this jacket? She's like, oh, I made it. So she made a jacket for this teacher. So now she's like in the third teacher that asked her to make a jacket. <laughs> yes. And it was something that just she just found, you know, got inspired in which is cool. That's awesome. I told her that it would be an awesome business. I mean, <laughs> you know. That'd be a great business. Designer jackets. Right? <laughs> Ka-ching. She might be able to pay for her own college. That would be awesome. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, she's, she's very artistic, too. But my mom, so was my mom. So I don't know if it's something that you learned. Do you, do you find that your teach, your kids pick up that artistic side from you? I mean, yes. Mm-hmm. I, I, I definitely instill the art in them because I include them in arty stuff yeah. all the time. Yeah. So I feel like, I mean, it's got to be me they're get, getting it from. I mean, yeah. I guess Sydney could get it from his mother, but mm-hmm. I don't think she makes that much art anymore, unfortunately. She was. She's an artist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, she's a classically trained pianist, and I, I was really hoping she was going to teach him how to be, uh, you know, a rock star on the keys. She did get him piano lessons, and I understand why she didn't teach him. Okay. Trying to teach him how to play bass has been complicated because it's hard to teach your own kid how to do yeah. stuff. Oh, you tell me. Yeah, absolutely. You give them instructions, and they're just in outer space, mm-hmm. and you're the parent, so you're trying to like solve the riddle of how to teach my kid how to do this task mm-hmm. without getting aggravated because you don't want him get, to get disinterested. Yeah. But you do begin to get aggravated because you can't explain how to do the task because you're not really a teacher of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, because she was a teacher of it, but still. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't blame her for just being like, mm, I'll get you an external teacher. It's easier. Sometimes you just have to say, you know what, this is not working out. I'm going to, yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Do you believe in aliens? I don't think I do. Maybe because I don't know enough. I don't think so. No? Uh, no, I don't think so. What do you make of these, uh, these stories that, that uh, they've released all the alien files and stuff and you can access them through the Freedom of Information Act? But apparently it's like they've only released it on one computer. Yeah. So that it's very hard to access this information. What do you make of that? Do you think that's real? No. No, It doesn't sound very real. (laughs) It doesn't because it has been like, it feels like people have talked about this for so long that almost they create it, they make into reality now. You know, like, you know, when you say something long enough that now it is, yeah, I mean, they said for so long that there was these files. So now it must, you know, it must be true. But we can only access if you access this one computer like yeah really? <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> the story changed it doesn't sound very realistic it doesn't i do wish you? it to be true though do you yeah do you believe in aliens oh absolutely do you yes i do hmm interesting i mean how can how can you not like we every culture has gods or mm-hmm. a god mm-hmm. and 
the god comes from up above. Mm-hmm. Um, they have powers varying on what religion you're looking at. And, I mean, there are things that have happened on this earth that are pretty unexplainable. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe there was like a, a first civilization that knew a ton of stuff that we don't currently know, mm-hmm. but it makes more sense that that would be like an alien civilization that came down and helped us do things like the pyramids in mm-hmm. Egypt and South America and, and Central Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, so why, I mean, if that's, that's a very plausible explanation. So why don't they come down now? Maybe they do, and we just don't know a whole lot about it. Maybe the government doesn't want us to know about it. Oh. I mean, you know the government absolutely tells social media what they are and are not supposed to be putting out into the universe, right? Yeah. They just, yeah, yeah. They just released this. This is like a new finding that the, um, the uh, Department of Homeland Security uh, had a leak And there's documents that basically um, they had uh, a direct line to Twitter and to Facebook and to tell them what to censor. Wow. Yeah, you're going to be censoring this story. You'll be censoring this information. This is unacceptable. And that's why there's been all these issues with social media banning over the last Mm -hmm. uh, year and a half, two years. Mm -hmm. Um, Apparently, it's completely legal, and it's it's something that Trump had signed into existence, Mm -hmm. but... So you think aliens are among us who just don't know about it? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, maybe. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. It's also plausible that we are the aliens. How <laughs> would not know if we are the aliens? Well, maybe, like, we lost our... Conscious? Our, our like, history. Uh-huh. Or maybe we were aliens that are getting stupider. Oh. Maybe we're aliens that are mixed with like some kind of monkey genetically. Mm-hmm. Like, because we are not. Work out. We are definitely <laughs> animals like the other animals on yeah. this planet, but we're not like any other animals. Right. Right. I mean, we're. Really interesting theory. Yeah. We have far less hair than, yeah. than any, any kind of apes, mm-hmm. but we're, we're ape like. Mm-hmm. We don't have the strength of an ape. True. We've survived an awful long time without the strength. Mm-hmm. How do we survive this long without strength? Every other animal in the in, yeah. in the animal kingdom is very strong. Very interesting theory. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> shit I think about. <laughs> when you're not writing music. Um, I mean, yeah, well. Or when you are. Sometimes writing. when I am writing music, <laughs> I think of some random stuff. All right. So we are friends that met online. Yes. Through an online dating site. Which one was it again? Hinge. Hinge. Which ones are you on? Match and Hinge. I mean, Hinge I don't go very often, but Match is a little more legit. Like, I don't know. I mean, Hinge is a little more legit than Bumble or Tinder. <laughs> so on my scale, which one is like right at the bottom? I, I haven't gone to oh, a lot of... Oh, Plenty of Fish is the bottom of that barrel. Why? Oh, <laughs> it's predominantly gross people. What um, kind of people? Gross. Gross. Okay. Yes. You look at them and you're like, no, thank you. 
No, thank so, you. Plenty of fish is at the bottom. Yeah, this is this is the uh, sludge at the bottom of the river of dating. I've heard that Facebook dating is the bottom too. Oh, uh, I don't. I've never used Facebook. I dating. haven't. I haven't either. I have a friend that does, but yeah, I don't think she goes out with a lot of these people. I think she just likes to fuck with them. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of women that on these dating sites that just want to chat for attention. I have found that too with men. Yes, I actually have an interesting story. I was talking to this guy for a week, about a week. And I told him, hey, how about we exchange phone numbers? Because I don't come to the website very often and I don't want to miss out on messages if you send a message. And he replied back, he's like, whoa, whoa, I didn't know we were there yet. I'm like, where? There, where? Like, I'm just, <laughs> no, asking if we can exchange phone numbers. Yeah. He was very like, oh, no, no, no. Like, yeah. There's a lot of people that just want pen pals, that you just want to have somebody to say good morning to or say good night to i don't know and that takes me to another thing i think there's a lot of people with different expectations in like this online dating like people are looking for different things so i think one of the very important questions for people to ask each other when they meet people from online is like what you're looking for are you looking for a pen pal are you looking for a friend are you looking for no for marriage and kids are you looking for you know what you what you're looking for what's your end goal and you'll be surprised how many different answers there are Oh, well, I mean, I'm sure no two people are going to answer the same thing. Sometimes they do just for, like, just for, like, pretend, oh, yeah, that's what I want to, and, you know. But I have found that there's a lot of people with different intentions in there. Uh, I mean, I I think that often people on there have different intentions. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing is is kind of ridiculous, you're, but it doesn't I, have to be. You're shopping for people on the you're internet. You're not shopping for people on the internet. Is that your definition of online dating? That's how I feel when I'm online dating is that I'm shopping for people on the uh, internet. That is awful. No. I think online dating can be as organic as meeting somebody in a coffee shop. I think people should use online dating just as the initial meeting people. Everything else should be organic, like going out and meeting people in person and talking about, you know, what you're looking for, you know, your life story. I think everything else can be organic. I think online dating should just be used for the initial meeting people and not, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I think it could be organic. It doesn't have to be shopping for people. Well... So, 20-some years ago, I met Sydney's mother online. Oh. It was back I met my ex-husband online, too. It was back when you had to use the computer to do it and everything. Yes. And I don't remember what site it was. I do remember. It, it was a reputable one. Okay. Um, it wasn't, like, shady. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, with these, these apps on your phone, you're swiping right and left on people. Yeah. It's yes, no. Do you yes. feel like judgmental? Like when you're like, no, no, no. Oh, hell no. <laughs> do you feel like a bad person? Um, no. I do. I Sometimes I do. Like, I don't know. But you see, you're saying, and I had the same experience. I met my ex-husband online. But I cannot make a comparison between that situation and now. Because I was a different person. And I was looking for something different. You know, don't you feel that like I, I feel like I felt that at that point I, that I was I was looking for marriage. I was looking for to build a family. You know, now 
I'm looking for something different. I wanna. I. I don't want. I don't think I wanna get remarried. I. Def, I'm definitely not having more kids. So I think what I'm looking for now is different. So it's hard for me to compare. It's hard for me to compare um, that situation to now. How about you? Uh, well, it's it's different. I mean, back then. I mean, back then I was not necessarily looking for a family, uh, but oh. Okay. But I ended, uh, you know, <laughs> it just happened. <laughs> it, it just ended up working out. Um, yeah. But you know, back then I had, I had a different view of love and relationships. And at this point in my life, like I've come to the realization that my time is really jacked up, and it's really hard to have a relationship with right. somebody. Yeah. When um, you have kids, when you're, I mean, I think dating as an adult, you already have your life set. Like. Right. And, to have to arrange, the, and we get a little selfish when we you know that the longer we stay single, we get a little selfish with our time, with our attention. Like you're like, well, now I'm gonna have to rearrange everything to fit this person in, you know? Yeah. But when we were younger, like when I first met my husband online, I was like, well, this is it. Like I didn't have, to, you know, this is gonna be the life I'm gonna build with him, and not like, oh, I'm gonna have to arrange my life so I can fit this person in. So. Yeah, and now now it is rearranging your whole life, and mm -hmm. it's hard having any kind of relationship because mm -hmm. you have to take care of your shit, and you have kids that you yeah. have to take care of, and it's hard to come. It's rare that I meet somebody that I think is okay for them to meet my kids. Yeah, it's very rare. Mm -hmm. Same, same. And so then that time is kids only. Yeah. So then. You know, like whole weekend, you yeah. can't can't have a relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm. And and brings another point. It's almost impossible to have a relationship when you have kids with somebody that does not have kids. For somebody that does not have kids to understand that you're gonna be a whole week away. Well, what do you mean a whole week away? Like with somebody that has kids, they already understand. Well, like, oh yeah, like there is a volleyball tournament this weekend. Of course, there's, you know. So it kind of like narrowed down the playing field. Like now I have to find somebody that has kids and understand what it is to have kids. That, you know, unfortunately, you're never going to be first. And somebody that has kids understand what it is not putting somebody else first. But can you imagine dating somebody that does not have kids? Well, yeah. I mean, I don't think I've... I have dated one woman that didn't have kids. Mm -hmm. um, no, a couple. They, they understand, but... Okay. I mean, nobody likes it when you don't have that much availability. Right. Yeah, it becomes a little tough. And I agree with you. Like, to get to that point where your kids can meet that person, it's a long way mm -hmm. down the road, you know. So there is a lot. It's, it's not easy. It's not easy, you know, going out as an adult and trying. It's just, it's just not easy. But I still, be I still believe that online dating is the way to go. I... I Truly believe, like I think it's a good way to meet people. Where, where else would you meet somebody from a totally different city? Like, you see, like before when you used to go out to bars or whatever, you used to go out or the play or whatever. You only meet people that are in that area, you know, kind of limits. Now it's like okay, Virginia, Pennsylvania, like you know, like it kind of broads your, I don't know. I don't date out-of-state people. You do not? No. Why? Because it's just too much driving. Yeah. Like, you know, it's already stressful enough that I can. I don't have weekends available to yeah. people. 
And then, so it's weekdays after work that I'm available, and it's it's too much yeah. to drive to another state. Hmm. I think, true, okay. I see, but I also see that if somebody that's a little further, it, it makes it easier having so much time with my kid. Because that person's not right there. Fair. You know? Like, if, somebody's, if I date somebody that is, like, two streets down, it's like, I don't know. I think you can see both ways. I think if somebody that's a little further, okay, well, we're not seeing each other this weekend. You know, you live far, and I have volleyball tournament, and so... I guess you can argue both sides of, you know. Yeah. I, mean, I think most of the people I've dated did have kids, but their kids were grown. Okay. That's another layer, too. When your kids are grown and out of the house, it's very different than having younger kids. Kids that need us to drive places, to feed them, you know. Yeah, I, I, having older kids, you have a lot more availability. Mm-hmm. Like you're either an empty nester or an almost empty nester. Yeah. So yeah. you have the availability to have a relationship. You don't yeah. have to spend the weekend with your kid, even if they do still live with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, true. It's, it's, yeah, online dating is not easy, but I think it's doable. It's definitely doable. And I enjoy it. I meet a lot of cool people. Yeah. Not everything, not everything's meant to be some sort of yeah. relationship fling, yeah. whatever it becomes. Some things are just meant to be like right. cool people. Yeah. And, that, and I think that's a cool thing too. So a lot of people are not open to friendship in online dating. A lot of people are not open to friendship. You know? Yeah. I, I, I can see that. So. By a lot of people, you mean a lot of men? Yeah. I mean. Yeah. A lot of men are not open to friendship. I've met a couple of people that I became friends with. Um, everybody else is either in or out, which I understand. And like I said, people are looking for different things. Um, so I understand. But I think a lot, a lot more men are not willing to establish a friendship with somebody that they met online. A, a couple of my really great friends that are like super supportive I've met online. Nice. And we're just, we're just friends. Yeah. Yeah. I got no complaints, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I think that was a good conversation. That was awesome. Thank you for joining me. (laughs) Thank you for having me. (laughs) Maybe we'll do another one in the future. Absolutely. I'll be here. At the Cube. Okay. At the Cube. (laughs) All right. I'll finally give you your (laughs) t-shirt. Thanks. (laughs) All right. Good night. Good night.